Hello, everyone, and welcome to this week's episode of the Moving to Orlando show. Coming to you from the Bob Varley studio in Orlando, Florida, I'm your host and realtor, Pete Werner, joined at the table this week by my good friends and realtors, Mr. Ruben Colon. Hi there. I thought you were about to say miss for a second. No. <laughs> I can if... I prefer miss. If, if, if I got it wrong, I can... Yeah. <laughs> Mr. Ruben Cologne. Hi there. Ms. Danielle George. Hello. And Mr. Drake Shadwell. Good to see you, everybody. And also back in the production nook, our producer, Mr. Corey Fiescanaro. Welcome, neighbor. And before we get started, just a couple things. Number one, please do us a favor if you have not already. Subscribe to our channel while you are watching this and hit that thumbs up button. It uh, helps us out with YouTube. Uh, of course, if you are interested in the services of a realtor, and moving to the Central Florida area, you can go to our website, movingtoorlando.com, and fill out a contact form. Or you can give us a call toll-free within the U.S., 855-650-MOVE. That's 855-650-6683. Outside the U.S., you can call us toll-free. Or I'm sorry, no, it's not toll-free. Outside the U.S., the number is 407-584-3429. And that's another way to get in touch with these great folks that uh, I'm uh, sharing the room with today. Um, now, today's show, um, we are going to talk about what you need to consider if you are buying a home and that purchase is going to be contingent on the sale of your existing home. And Ruben's had a lot of experience with this. I think all of you have had run into these, these issues. Um, but uh, Ruben... Take it away. Sure. Um, so this is a pretty big contingency for sellers. Um, they are always nervous when they see this contingency come to play. Because basically, it's you telling the seller that, hey, I might not go through with this purchase agreement we're about to sign if the sale of my current house does not go through. Um, which is 100% understandable. I mean, no one really wants to rent or short-term rent or spend money on something like that. They best case scenario they would love just to transition directly right into your new home so um it is something that's understandable but it is a contingency that one you have to know um what you have to do in order to get your contingency accepted and two you have to know what options you have to make it work and in you know even in a normal market um this does weaken your offer mm -hmm. even though it's understandable it does weaken your offer. In the kind of market we're in right now, where it's so competitive, um, it weakens it even further. Am I right? Oh, absolutely. A hundred percent. It's it's one of the- Because if it comes- I'm sorry. If it comes down between your offer contingent on the sale of your house and somebody else who's making the same offer and doesn't have that contingency, they're getting the house. Well, And you also got to think about they might be- making an offer on a home that is contingent upon the sale of their home, because that's what a lot of people are doing is they're selling their home and, and the exact thing that you're trying to do. They might be trying to do, and it creates a chain. And I mean, I won't go into story time, but I've had it happen and it is a nightmare of one link in that chain breaks. And so the seller, uh, yeah, the seller doesn't want to have to deal with that. Yeah. Yeah, Absolutely. Um, so there's just a couple things I want to go over on um, what to expect if you're going to do this contingency and how, and how you need to proceed with this contingency. Um, and this is going to relate to new builds and resales. 
So uh, some of them have similarities to how it works and how you have to submit the offer and how, you know, some of the different things you can do to change it up. Um, and then, but they're also going to have some differences too. So I wanted to focus on both. Um, so specifically one thing that is common for both um, new builds and resales, no matter what, you're not going to get accepted for your offer if your current house is now under contract. I know that is a difficult pill to swallow because that means you have to already have your contract signed and ready to go with a buyer on your current home. Um, and you already have a closing date for that, but you have no idea what house you're moving into. You have no idea what house you're purchasing at all yet. And I know that's a scary thought and there are some options you can use to kind of get around that, which I'll go over, but that is the first and foremost thing you have to consider is that if you're going to do a contingency offer on a contingency to sell, you have to be on the contract. You have to be on their contract. There's no ifs, ands, and buts about it. Um, even if it wasn't like a market like this, it wouldn't matter. Because I mean, think of, think of it from your point of view. Would you feel comfortable accepting someone coming to you with a contingency to sell their current home and they don't even know what the closing date is yet? That means this home could take a year to sell for all you know. Like it's a total, totally possible situation that they could be in. And that's why it's important for your house to be under contract first. Mm -hmm. This goes for new builds um, and it goes for um, resales as well if you're purchasing directly from a seller. So very, very important to remember that key fact whenever you're considering using a contingency to sell your current home. Um, now I want to jump into a couple different things relating to the resales first. So first off, um, we talked about it a little bit earlier, but sellers and listing agents are very wary of um, contingency offers, rather be appraisal contingency or um, a, uh, I'm sorry, a home to sell a contingency it does not matter. They're always going to be wary of this because it's an additional obstacle that they have to worry about going into the Now, sale. just for people who may not be aware, let's uh, just talk a little bit about appraisal contingency mm -hmm. and what that means. Sure. So appraisal contingency is basically you're saying, hey, this house has to appraise for X amount for me to uh, purchase this uh, property at this amount. So, for example, I would say I'm going to offer $450,000 for this house. But I have a contingency, uh, appraisal contingency that states that, but it has to appraise for 440000 um, meaning that there's only that $10,000 uh, amount that you're willing to pay above the appraisal. Um, that's always scary because if um, it appraises at four forty or less, then the appraisal contingency states that um, the buyer will, uh, that the seller didn't want to uh, negotiate, renegotiate the price then the buyer can back out and they get their earnest money back. So that means all that time and appraisal takes a while before it actually occurs. Like it takes a few weeks before the appraisal, uh, the appraisal is completed. Um, and that means all that time is wasted and the sellers get nothing out of it. Um, so that's what an appraisal contingency is. Um, but with that contingency, the buyers are able to get their earnest money back just in case things happen like that. And, and just for clarity, earnest money is the deposit you put down when you put an offer in, when you get an accepted offer on a house. So it's, it's, it's to show good faith. And that number can be all sorts of things. But generally speaking, uh, it is a good faith. It is a good faith deposit you make when your offer on a home is accepted. So I just want to make sure people know what sure. we talk about earnest money. Because we throw that around, but, you know. No. I don't know why I'm so <laughs> focused on that right now. Like th this round of shows. I'm so focused on that. Okay. Um, absolutely. Um, so going back to the contingency to sell, 
Um, a couple other things you should be aware of. Um, your realtor that is, you know, hopefully you're working with us, but if it's someone else, your realtor that re- that's representing on your purchase for a home down here, um, they should be keeping in contact with you and, and or the, um, uh, your seller's agent from wherever you're selling your home at. And the reason for that is because you want to keep updated about the inspection that's going on with your current home, as well as the appraisal uh, with your current home. And you want to use that information to provide that with your offers for uh, your purchase down here. Because again, one of the things that the sellers and seller agents down here are going to be concerned about whenever you come to them with the contingency is going to be the fact that you still have the inspection obstacle. um, You still have the appraisal obstacle. So if you tell them, hey, my client um, has already um, you know, passed the inspection, uh, they're outside the inspection period, or we already got the appraisal back, we're past that already, that helps your offer a lot more because their mindset is like, okay, well, that means there's not really that many obstacles left to close on. There's not account. too many things that are going to tank your deal um, left because you've got past inspection, you've got past appraisal. So your offer is more solid then. Oh, 100%. Yeah. And Honestly, nine out of 10 times, um, you know, if you do have a contingency to sell, but you're past that appraisal uh, portion, then they probably aren't going to be too concerned about right. the contingency anymore because there's nothing else really, unless like the bank all of a sudden says, hey, I can't finance this for whatever reason, or you drop out and you take your earnest money, the odds, or your buyer the, does. The, the odds of that, of your deal falling apart are a lot lower Correct. because you've gotten past the two big obstacles that normally tank deals, appraisal and uh, 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 inspection. Absolutely. Did you have something to say? I think I was just going to say like, before you get upset, by the way of like, Oh, well, why are they like, I'm confident that my house is going to sell. Like, why, why are they making such a big deal out of it? Why does it matter? Cause they don't know you. Cause yeah. they don't know you. <laughs> and if you're so confident that your house is going to sell, then why are you making a contingent upon this purchase on the contingent? Upon really? it? Let's play yeah. a little Russian yeah, roulette with little, this. Let's play a little game. Like, uh, cause I have had someone do that, like say that. And I couldn't, I couldn't vocalize and explain to them of like, okay, the same reason you're not willing to go into the purchase of this home without having this in the offer is the same reason that they don't want it in the offer is because they don't want your house to fall through almost as much or probably close to as much as you don't want your offer to fall through. So don't be shocked when sellers will go with an offer that is $10,000 less, but doesn't have this contingency. Mm -hmm. And I think, I think we haven't really said that of like people will legitimately go with an offer that is a lower purchase price. If it is, if it doesn't have an appraisal contingency, inspection contingency is it's a cash offer. And then this one, big one is contingent upon the sale of your home. Like these have legitimate dollar values that come with something being contingent, uh, at least in my experience. No, uh, I absolutely agree. And honestly, one of the bigger concerns when it comes to the contingency to sell, it's not necessarily that, honestly, I know some buyers, they're not too concerned about because they, they are confident about the sell of their house. Mm-hmm. It's more so the lenders requiring them to do the contingency to sell mm-hmm. um, because uh, they're not getting pre-approved, which is one option I'll go over later, but they're not pre-approved to have a second home mortgage, yeah. which means they can't have two homes um, that require a mortgage going on at the exact same time. So therefore, the lender is requiring them to sell that current home before they can close on any other home. And that's usually the bigger issue uh, when it comes to why someone has to have that contingency to sell on their, um, you know, on their pre-approval. But um, so what I want to go over, we'll, again, we'll focus on resales first. 
But um, I want to go over what options do you have if you have that contingency to sell. As I mentioned, you have to be under contract in order to put an offer in on a home or go with a new build um, if you have a contingency to sell your current home. So you might be wondering what options do I have to make sure this happens because, you know, like I don't know the exact day. I don't want to have to transition into this new home with this, you know, after I sell my home so quickly. So I want to have like a closing day. So here are your different options. Option number one is a little bit more difficult um, because it deals with your income that you have. It also deals with a couple other things, including your credit. And that's getting pre-approved for a second home mortgage. Mm -hmm. This completely removes the uh, the contingency to sell from your pre-approval. It allows you to make an offer. I never um, even thought about that. That's great. It's it's a great way to where you don't have to worry about selling your home first um, or at least you know have it have it under contract you can if you get pre-approved for a second home mortgage you can go get under contract for a home down here first and then you can worry but once you're under contract for down here you can be like all right well now i can worry about trying to get my house sold up where i'm at located at and the one thing to keep in mind of course with that is you run the risk of you know balancing two mortgages right like that right. that's really the only the downside of it and if you can support multiple mortgages for a brief period of time during that transition well then at least you're that money isn't going towards a short-term rental. It's going towards the equity of your own home. Correct. Because like, that th- would be the other option. Exactly. And the interest rates are higher, though, on a second mortgage, correct? It, it is higher. Um, it's not significantly higher. It is higher. But it's something that you can transition back into, you know, your only home mortgage, your residential mortgage, because, um, you know, once you sell your actual uh, first home um, uh, loan, once that house is sold, then you don't have, you know, two homes that you have a mortgage on. And then you can, you know... Go ahead and renegotiate with the lender about the the, the mortgage. But in a lot of cases, a lot of cases, folks are dependent on the money they get from that sale of their home for the down payment on their new one. Correct. It's between. So that's one issue is that that we run into if you are trying to get pre-approved for a second home mortgage, you might need a down payment, um, like uh, Pete said, from the uh, sale of your current home, or the lender, based on your income and credit, they might not be able to prove you. Um, for a second home mortgage. So that's why it's not always a feasible option for everybody. It depends on a lot of things and on your current situation. Um, but that is going to be the most beneficial way if you can make it happen. Um, a- another um, another option you have um, if you are working with a contingency, contingency to sell, um, Drake actually mentioned a little bit. Um, if you get under contract with your home, um, you know, where you're located at, or you or you want to hold off a little bit before you get under contract with your home up there, you can go ahead and use a short-term rental. So you can get your home sold under contract, whatever, um, before you even start considering purchasing down here, get a short-term rental down here. You can rent out for a month or two. Uh, once you have your home sold and taken care of, it's a lot easier for you to get um, you know, accepted with your offers if your home's already sold and you don't have to contingency to sell anymore. The downside to that is that you're now spending money on a short-term rental, which um, short-term renting versus leasing. Um, I'm personally dealing with that right now with one of my clients. Um, They have a dog. And trying Mm. to find Mm. an Airbnb with a dog with all of their stuff, um, it was really tough to find it in two consecutive months. So right now what we're getting into the situation is they're going to have to move after the end of this month into another Airbnb because we couldn't find anything I mean, that was even close to, yeah. <laughs> to under 3,000 uh, here. And it was just, it's tough because now they're going to have to move again at the end of this That's month a into a new yeah. Airbnb. So it's, it's, it's things to think about, but 
we did it for that exact reason mm-hmm. is because we didn't want to do a sale on a, on a contingency. Right. And on that same note, you know, one option is you can also just live with family. Um, you know, that's a little bit more uh, your personal. I think personal. people would rather spend money. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, that's it depend completely on your situation. If you don't want to spend the money in short term rentals, you don't um you don't wanna to have to deal with that. You could just go stay with family until you're you close on your new home. That depends on your situation. Um another thing to keep in mind when it comes to resales, uh you wanna arrange the closing dates to where it matches up with the closing of your current home. So what I mean by that is that I personally recommend a two to three day difference. So say if your current home closes on December 9th then I would say that when you go in their contract, you want to make sure your home down here is going to close around December 12th, December 13th, somewhere around that time frame. Um, so the reason for that is because one, obviously contingent to sell, that means your your current home has to sell first yep. before you can e- even move forward before it can, you can close. Um, and another reason has to do with, the reason why I say give it a couple of days, is because if something for whatever reason, closing doesn't happen on that specific day on your current home. Well, now you can, you completely ruin everything with that other sale that's going on right now. And even if you don't, you're rushing to get all, like you're, you're rushing to get two different sales completed on the same day. That's a lot for anybody to handle. Mm-hmm. Um, so personally, I recommend giving that two to three giving days. You, giving yourself some breathing room. Yeah, you please. Yeah, I definitely want that. <laughs> please. As, as someone who had exactly what you're talking about. And, and if you think, oh, what could possibly go wrong with the transaction? Sometimes it's one piece of paper well, without one signature. One small thing could ruin it. Yeah. The minute, the minute you ask that question, what could go wrong? The universe is going <laughs> to punish you. Yeah. Like, oh, you want you asked a question? Here's your answer. This can go wrong. That can go wrong. And it's a lot easier, a lot is and a lot cheaper to find a storage unit weeks in advance when you know that you're gonna need to have things stored for, you know, four or five days. It's a lot easier and cheaper to find a short-term rental for four or five days a couple weeks in advance than when you're in a truck on the way down from somewhere up north and you literally realize that day that you don't have a house to go to for mm-hmm. three more days and you have to call start calling people. No, no, no. You want to have made those plans weeks in advance. Yes, you, you're going to have to eat a couple hundred bucks in, in storage terms. And I, and that, and that hurts. I'm, I'm, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not denying you that that does hurt, but it, it's a, it hurts a lot less when you already know and you've already been able to plan for it than trying to do it like the day of because one thing happened that froze up your funds from the sale of your home, which kept you. It, it doesn't mean the deal is going to fall through necessarily. Like it doesn't, there are ways to accommodate that. You know, we can work with it, but now you're, you're left stranded and yeah, that's your schedule's not, all messed up. Exactly. So everything is a little bit more difficult for you. Absolutely. Um, so as far as resales, that's why I wanted to focus on the contingency to sell. But there's another um, another approach to take. Like if you're going the new build route, it's a lot more difficult if you're going to have a contingency to sell with new builds. Um, firstly, just like I mentioned earlier, um, most new builds or all new builds are going to require you to be under contract before you can get under contract with their home. That includes going under construction with a to be construction like home. Mm-hmm. Um, so that means, say, I want this lot. You want to select your floor plan. You want to select <laughs> all the upgrades and stuff. Um, you go that route, um, that means your home's not going to be completed for eight to nine months, seven to 10 months, whatever the time frame they give you. Um, and with that in mind, if your home is contingent on the self, your purchase is on the contingent of the self, your current home, 
Obviously, it's not the easiest thing to do to find a buyer that's like, hey, I'll wait eight to nine months for you, <laughs> for you to close, and then you can move out, and then close with me, and then you can move out into your new build home. And why do builders do that? Uh, there's two big reasons. One, um, they are specifically building a home to your preference. They are You're selecting all the upgrades. You're selecting the lot. You're paying all this up to get all these different things added. And then all of a sudden, if your sale of your home falls through for whatever reason, um, or you don't find a buyer for your home, then you're done. I mean, like they're done for it. They now made this home specifically designed to you. And now you can't even, you can't even move forward with the closing of this is now they have to find a whole new buyer um, that, you know, doesn't, didn't uh, pick out these, you know, uh, upgrades. Um, but more importantly, the thing to consider with them, it's the same, it's the same thing with resales. Like they, everybody's going to require you to be on their contract anyways. Resales, new builds, doesn't matter. Um, now there are some new builds, um, and even some, um, a lot of new builds for the inventory homes do something a little bit different, see, or different. They do not accept contingencies at all. And what that means is that you can't come to them and say, Hey, my home closes on this date. Um, I want to go on the contract with you. They're going to be like, Nope, sell your home first. Yep. 100%. Um, and it's, it goes back to what I was just explaining to you. That's the reasoning for it. Um, they just feel that they don't want to take that risk. They'd rather build a home for someone else. Let's just hold off and you sell your home first. Then you come back to us. Um, all new builds do for their inventory homes, but only some builders like dream finders do it for their to be built homes. So can you clarify for me? Do you mean it's, it's more strict or less strict when you're buying an inventory or a spec home, a home that they've already chosen all the upgrades for. They like you're not customizing it right. to yours. It's to usually your more strict. Um, it depends from builder to builder. It's more strict, and the reason why has to do with the closing times a lot sooner. So because the closing time so soon, there's less time for you to sell your home. Okay. Um, so that's why they require you to already sell your home for most, at least for most builders for inventory homes and spec homes. Which, by the way are homes that are already either already on the construction or they're already completed and they select all the upgrades for you. That's what an inventory or spec home is. Um, but yeah, so keep that in mind. If you're looking for inventory spec home, you have to sell your home for, for most builders, you have to already sell, sell your home. Um, and then if you're looking to purchase uh, complete new construction, um, you have to have your house under contract to close before the eight to nine months completion. Your options for that. You have a few options. One, you get lucky and you find a buyer who's going to have you on their contract for that long. Um, or two, uh, we mentioned this on a different video, but you could go the open door offer pad route. Mm -hmm. And the great thing about them at whenever you um, use them to go ahead and sell your home, they can actually put any closing date you want. So if you're like, hey, I don't plan on closing for another eight months, that's fine. They're okay with that. They don't care. Um, so they will get you in the contract and that officially puts you on their contract and allows you to go ahead and go in the contract with the new build. Um, if mm. that makes sense. That's yeah. actually, I didn't realize that you, I thought there was a three or four month cap on that. There is, but they can always extend that. Mm, um, so if okay. you get them on their contract for that three or four month cap and then, um, you extend it again and now the price might change, but you can extend it again from there. Um, then it technically keeps you in their contract for a new build to go on the contract with you. Do you find builders are, for lack of a better word, like wise of that? Like they're not, they don't like the open door offer pad offers because you 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 would have to extend, 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 extend. Right. Um, I've only had one client uh, that um, actually used this approach because 
at the time, it seemed like you were losing money on Open Door OfferPad. Um, from what we talked about Sean a little while ago, um, he said that he actually seemed like he was going to gain more money than he thought he would. But um, I had one client that did do it, and uh, it was with Home Dynamics was the builder, and they didn't have an issue with it. Okay. Um, and again, it could vary from builder to builder. Um, like I said, some builders don't even allow contingencies. Um, the last and final option you have if you're going to go the new build route. Um, Again, that's something I strongly recommend, but if you have to do it, you have to do it. Um, you have to be able to go into a lease. Um, you know, if you want to go the Nuba route, you have to go ahead and lease a home, rent a home, sell your home, then go, and go under a lease, mm-hmm. rent for, you know, eight to nine to 10 months, whatever mm-hmm. you can get. Um, and then you can go ahead and um, uh, move forward with the purchase of a new build and it'll let you go on the contract. Yeah. For that. And that's pretty much all I have. I know it's a ton of information. <laughs> so to to give you a chance to kind of synthesize a little bit of what we did, you know, a too long didn't watch type of deal. Uh, would you recommend someone going into these transactions with this contingency? And if it is mandatory, what is the best route you see for both resale and new build? If um, If there's a way for you to sell your home first, do it. It's going to save you money because you're going to have to raise this uh, offer price for, you know, um, sellers. So that way it's a little bit more appealing to them to choose you over the other offers. Um, and, you know, it's just a little bit more difficult to get accepted for a home. Um, if you have no choice but to come in with a contingency to sell, then if you're going the resale route, you should go ahead and make sure your house is under contract and you make your offer to these sellers as strong as you can possibly go. Or you get pre-approved for a second home mortgage. New builds. Honestly, it's a lot more difficult. You either just got to lease, um, sell your home and then lease or um, use open door or offer pad. It's probably the only options I would recommend. Yeah. I I would just add on to that of wait until the longer you can wait past your inspection, your appraisal mm-hmm. and in the resale market, the stronger you'll start to see your offer get stronger. That's the only detail I'd probably add on there too. Cool. Thanks for that. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you, Ruben, for illuminating that issue for us. And thank you for joining us. We hope you enjoyed it. Again, if you're interested in moving to the Central Florida area, reach out to us toll-free in the U.S., 855-650-MOVE. That's 855-650-6683. Or head over to movingtoorlando.com, fill out our contact form, and one of these guys will be more than happy to help you out. Until next week, thanks for being with us. Have a great one.